0: following audio is from West Pines Community Church. For more information about West Pines, visit us online at westpines.org. You can join us live Sunday mornings at 9, 10, 30, or 12 in Pembroke Pines, Florida, or online at westpines.org. So for those of us who live here in South Florida, where Christmas finds us this year, is in this beautiful, warm, tropical, sunny South Florida. Um, You might be joining us online right now outside of South Florida. We hate to tell you it is 75 degrees down here right now. Probably means you need to come join us live sometime. Um, But if you're down here in South Florida, then you know in the Christmas season, we don't have the same external cues that Christmas is upon us that, like they have in other parts of the world. Maybe you've lived in another part of the country before, and if you've lived farther north, then you know like through the fall, that chill starts to creep into the air, and you can just sense that Christmas and winter is, is coming. The leaves start to, to change with splashes of color, and they start to fall, and there's these barren branches all around on trees. And then maybe even there's a a blanket of snow that comes sometimes before Christmas and there's all these external cues that Christmas is here. And so my, my wife Rebecca and I, we've talked about how really in South Florida, the main external cue for us that Christmas is here is people starting to decorate their homes and put lights on their homes on the outside. And I was thinking about the Christmas lights, whether it's something you put on on your front door or on your house or your apartment or on your Christmas tree. And Christmas lights in particular, there's something about that that's like a picture of like the Christmas season itself. Because think about it. When the Christmas lights are up, it looks all beautifully decorated. Everything's glowing and magical. But if you were the one putting the lights up, you know behind the scenes, there was every year, something came up that was a tremendous headache, okay? Like, let me show you uh, what I mean. I have here one of the strands of lights from our house. We don't do a lot of lights, just like a couple strands, and just one strand that did not make it up this year, and when I show you, you will see why. Okay, check this out. This is one of the strands of lights from my house. Now, I promise you, last year, I coiled these up like a responsible adult, okay? I promise you I did, and at some point it became this, and since I don't have an electrical engineering degree, okay, I'm never going to be able to untangle this. Now, some of you have found a brilliant solution to this, okay? You're saying, why would I put up all these lights around my house, um, hundreds and hundreds of lights, when I could get one spotlight on my lawn that will shine up thousands and thousands of lasers all over my house, okay? Anyone say, I've got the, la- I got the laser lights, I admit, okay? It's all of you, okay, I know it. I'm not, that's not lazy, okay, it's brilliant, okay, it's what you've done. But for me, I still do the old school lights, okay, and we, we put these up, and, but I was thinking about this tangle and it just it's, reminds me of just kind of what the Christmas season is so often like. Because on the surface, everything has been set up and it's all magical and, and perfectly detailed. Everything's decorated. There's Christmas parties and there's Christmas music and Christmas cards and Christmas gifts and Christmas food. And everything's special and everything is declaring joy, peace, hope, And merriment. And so on the outside, everything is all lit up and magical. But behind the scenes, inevitably at Christmas time, there are tangles. In fact, it can seem like Christmas time actually can sometimes accentuate the tangles that are behind the scenes. So, for example, you go to a Christmas party with friends. And the house that you go to, your friend's house, it's all decorated. And everyone brings their special Christmas recipe and exchanges gifts. And, and everything on the outside looks festive and fun. But really on the inside, man, there's tangles in some of those friendships. Or maybe the family all gets together and it's this picturesque moment around the table. And you're, everyone is there, but really, man, there's some tangles in those family relationships. Or maybe this is a season where it's, people are exchanging gifts and you, you're wanting to shower your family with gifts, but what you know is behind the scenes, man, there's, uh, we've got the gifts here, but there's some financial entanglements that are making life difficult. Or you go into New Year's and, and people are wishing each other good health and a good year and you already know there's some health concerns that, that are struggles. See, sometimes Christmas on the surface, everything's all lit up and magical, but behind the scenes it can be so tangled. And so it seems like it can just be a facade, but here's what we're going to look at today, just a part of the Bible that says, wherever Christmas is finding you this year, however tangled it is, when we square up to the actual message of Christmas, no matter where it's finding you this year, there is reason for great joy and peace. I'd like to read out of the book of Luke. It's Luke chapter 2, and it may be a familiar passage, it's after Mary and Joseph have already given birth to Jesus, and Jesus is in the manger, and later that night, an angel appears to some shepherds. Here's the story, it says it like this, and in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So here's the scene. Some shepherds out in the fields, it's night Maybe they've got their flocks situated and now they're they're trying to get some sleep. And all of a sudden, an angel appears and it says they were filled with great fear. Now, you gotta put yourself in the, the, the shoes of these shepherds. Can you imagine that? Suddenly, randomly, one night, a being from another dimension just appears right in front of you? That would be terrifying. It's probably why virtually every angel that ever appears to a human in the Bible starts with, don't freak out. Okay, I've got something to share with you. Now look at what this angel says. First thing says, don't freak out, don't be afraid. And then it says, behold. That's basically Bible language for you have got to check this out. You've got to see this. This is incredible. It says, do not be afraid, behold. He says, I bring you good news with great joy. It's good news. Okay, don't worry. It's actually good news. Good news of great joy. He says it like this. He says, shepherds, this is not just on some transcendent level good news. He's saying it's actually good news for you today. Good news that will bring great joy. Now, when he says great joy, this word great in the original Greek is the same word we get our word mega from. So it's Mega joy, it's the same sense. He says, I'm bringing you good good news that will bring overflowing and abounding joy. And he says, not just for you shepherds, not not just for Israel, not just for this generation, good news that will bring great joy, he says, for all people. So here's what this says. It's actually good news that will bring great joy even for you and for me today. And then he says, here's who's been born, and he says three things. And these are three titles that he's calling Jesus. He says, a Savior has been born, who is Christ the Lord. Now, maybe you've heard those titles before, but when you put all those together, Savior, who's Christ the Lord, all three of those, that's a fascinating combination. Listen to um, how this plays out. Now, think about that first term, Savior. Savior. I wonder if you've ever had that moment in your life where you've had someone who like swooped in at the last minute and kind of saved the day for you. Like maybe you had a a deadline that was coming up and like you, you weren't gonna make it, but this person came in at the last minute and helped. Or, or maybe there was uh, a moment where like you forgot something and this person remembered it at the last minute or some way someone swooped in and made it happen, okay? And you just felt like, oh, thank you. you I mean, you saved me. I couldn't have done this without you. And you just were overwhelmed. I go back to that place where you're overwhelmed with just relief and gratitude. Just, oh, thank you. I'll never forget one of the strangest things that happened to uh, my family during the holiday season is we had all the extended family together for dinner. And this one year, there was this furious knock at the door. And so one of us went to the door, and we opened the door, and there's a woman standing there, and we'd never seen her before. And she was dressed up like she was going to a party. And she goes, oh, I'm so glad you answered the door. I am, I'm in real trouble. I, I could really use your help. Maybe you can help me. And we're all like, concerned like do we do we need to call the police for this woman like what's going on she's like oh i'm so glad you're maybe you can help me you see i was supposed to bring the cool whip to the party and i forgot it do you need to sit down ma'am okay y- you need cool whip yes i need cool whip do you have cool whip you will really be saving me if you have cool whip and we're like uh, okay all right we'll, we'll be right back And we went and we got our tub of Cool Whip. Mind you, it was half eaten at this point, okay? We said, you you clearly need this more than we do, okay? And she said, oh, thank you, and she left, okay? And a couple days later, she was so grateful that she came back knocked on the door and we answered the door like, hey, lady, how you doing? (laughs) And she says, here, I just bought you a replacement Cool Whip for your Cool Whip. I'm I'm just, I'm so grateful. You You really saved the day for me. And we're thinking, and that party, they really liked their pie over there, okay? <laughs> I don't know what happens at that party if you forget to bring the Cool Whip, but that sounds like a big deal, all right? So she was so grateful. I want you to go to that place where you felt like someone swooped in and really saved you, and you just were like, oh, I'm so relieved and so grateful, Here's what the angel's saying to these shepherds, a savior for you. There's someone who's swooping in, because here's what a savior does, right? Someone who saves the day. They are accomplishing something for you that you desperately need but can't accomplish for yourself, right? So think about that. As someone who's saving, someone, a savior is someone who is accomplishing on your behalf for you, something you are desperate for, you so needed, you were desperate for, but you couldn't accomplish it for yourself. And the angel says to these shepherds, man, I have got really good news. You're going to be overflowing, boiling over with mega joy when you hear this. A Savior has been born for you, and actually for all people. Now, who's the Savior? It's a Savior, but it's also Christ. Now, Christ comes from the uh, Greek word Christos, which just simply means Messiah. So, this is when you put Savior and Christ together. That's an interesting combination because it's not just a Savior. One of the many saviors you need or one possible option for a savior or or just one savior. It is the Messiah Savior. It's the long-awaited savior, the foretold savior, the savior that all of Israel is waiting for, the savior that, remember, this is for all people. It's actually all the world, all of humankind has been waiting for this savior. It's not one savior. It is the Messiah Savior. It says, Savior who is Christ. And then it adds this last one, the Lord. So this is what kind of savior is. What what does he mean by Lord? The Lord is the king. He reigns, he rules. So this isn't the type of savior like, oh, thank you, I really appreciate it. And then you go back to your life. This kind of savior saves you and you say, now I acknowledge you to be king and I surrender and submit my life to you. You now reign over my life. Now, wait a minute, maybe you say, okay, I... I've heard that before. Like, I've heard Jesus referred to as the Savior, of course. I've heard Jesus referred to as the Christ. I've heard him referred to Lord Jesus. Like, that's, that's not new territory. But let me ask you this. The angel said this was good news that would bring mega joy. So let me ask, how Christmas finds you this year, when you hear that, does it, like, overwhelm you with joy? Like overflowing joy, or is it kind of like, no, I, I mean, I like it, I, I believe that. I mean, that's a good thing. I'm glad Jesus is Savior, Christ, and Lord, but, but does it overwhelm you with great mega joy? And if maybe you're saying, hey, help me get there, like, look at this next verse. Look what happens next, verse 13. It says, and suddenly there was with the angel A multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. All right, now you got to see what just happened because these poor shepherds are going to need therapy, okay? They have an angel appear to them, which would be terrifying, and they were filled with fear. And then suddenly, not one at a time, not a few over here and a few over there, suddenly it says, a multitude of the heavenly host appears. In other words, a whole lot of angels showed up all at once. Okay. Now, when we typically think of this moment, we think, oh, this is... What a sweet moment. It was the choirs of heaven with their flowing white robes and long flowing hair, and they're playing these harps, okay? And we think of it like that. It wasn't exactly how it's described, it's not exactly that picture. In fact, we typically think of this moment kind of like this this is one of the most famous paintings of this moment. This was done in the 17th century. This is in the Louvre, this painting. And you see the shepherds are terrified on the right, okay? And you see the main main angel in the middle looks kind of like this ballerina angel, okay? And then you can see underneath, there's these like chubby baby angels. Do you see those? They're like a bunch of cupids right there. And they're doing like ring around the rosy, okay, in a circle. Okay, not exactly like that. The the Bible phrase, multitude of heavenly host, let me break that down for you. The Greek word for host is the Greek word for army. It's saying the massive army of heaven suddenly in a split second appeared horizon to horizon, filling the sky, rows upon rows upon rows upon rows of not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but probably something more like millions and millions of angels covering the sky like a dome. And then we typically look at this as a song, but what it actually says is this is something they said. So it's probably closer to a war chant than a choir number. And they say This is what's happening in heaven. Glory to God in the highest. In the highest places of the universe, God is receiving just all the glory. But here is what is happening on earth. This moment has brought peace to earth among those with whom he is pleased. You see something ironic about that? The entire armies of heaven show up to declare, to say, to chant something. The armies chant. What are they chanting? Oh, we're here to start a fight or we're here to dominate you or destroy you. No, that's not what they say. They are here to proclaim. The armies are here to proclaim peace. And this idea of peace, I mean, the Bible, peace is so much richer than how we use peace. It's anchored to this idea of shalom, which does not just mean like stop fighting. Shalom means something so much richer. It means every part of your life is exactly in its rightful place. It's thriving. Everything is in order and everything is as it should be and everything brings this deep, peaceful rest. They're here to declare that this child born is here to bring shalom. Now, if that's true, that will bring great joy. Like if it's not just like on some spiritual transcendent level, he's a, a spirit he's the Savior, Christ, and Lord. But if you're talking like down into life itself, like the sectors of life, he'll make those things thrive and make them how they're supposed to be and bring just this rest into all sectors of life. Okay, that could bring great joy. Because our life, I mean, especially at Christmas time, I mean, our lives, it kind of almost Christmas reveals the tangles sometimes. The tangles in the finances, the tangles in the things that as another year passes are still not right in our life or the the confusion of what the future holds or the tangles in a dating relationship or a marriage or a friendship or an extended family relationship. And we say, man, it's revealing all the tangles. So if you're saying this baby came to bring shalom... And that, I mean, how would I get some of that into these sectors of my life? How would I get some of that rest and thriving where I know that everything's going to have a happy ending and, and all of these things are going to be untangled that I can't untangle? Like, how do I know I can get that in my life? Well, it says it here in the text. It says, peace on earth, peace for those with whom God is pleased. Pleased. All right, so you're saying, if I live a life that's pleasing to God, like I I I do the the kind of life that God looks and says, okay, that's acceptable. Uh, I accept you. Uh, I'm pleased with you. Then God will say, okay, and then I'll start working for you. Is that is that what you're saying? You're saying, okay, but I live a life that's, that's pleasing to God, so all right, if, I, if like I really go after it and try and make God happy, so I, I, I try and make sure I, I'm doing more church stuff and I'm, I'm praying more and I'm, I'm more generous and more loving and more forgiving and, and I, I try harder to, to put away those, those areas that I'm messing up, like if I really work harder, then God will be more pleased and then God will start bringing that peace and that shalom into my life. Is that what you're saying? I mean, that's the kind of thing we hear all the time and that, that's the kind of thing that practically every religion in some way basically boils down to that. But man, when I hear that, that actually brings me more anxiety. Because I say, how could I possibly do that? I mean, this is a holy God. I mean, he, this is a perfectly good God. How could I ever live up to that standard? And man, it's just exhausting thinking of, that brings more tangles. Now I've got a spiritual tangle of all these things that I can't possibly do. Like, there's no way I could accomplish that I mean, as desperate as I am to have that kind of life where God accepts me, there's no way I could accomplish that. But you see, that's the good news. Because you need someone and I need someone who can accomplish for me what I desperately need, but there's no way I can accomplish for myself. Someone who accomplished acceptance before God. And the good news which will bring great joy is born that day in Bethlehem was a savior for all people, for you included. Because that baby, he grew up, became a man, surrendered his life to be crucified on a cross. And in that moment, the Son of God, Jesus, was our Savior. He was paying the price for our sin, purchasing our forgiveness for all of our sins and mistakes, past, present, and future. It's because of Jesus we are washed clean. And God says, I am pleased in you, not by what you do, but because of what he did. Because of what Jesus did, God says, you're washed clean, I accept you. I'm pleased with your life. You have a Savior born. Not just a Savior, the Savior. And then we say, since you saved me, Jesus, now, I'm, now I make you my Lord. So here, take my tangles Take them, Jesus. Take my life, every sector of my life. I, I, you, you undo this, Jesus. You undo it. I, I give it to you. you. You tell me each step of what I do. You reign over every part of my life. You're my Lord. You're not just my Savior. You're also my Lord. Can I make a, an invitation to you today? Maybe today that's the step you need to take. Maybe in a few moments you're saying, okay, I I know about Jesus, but I'm still trying to, to earn God's acceptance in my life. No, Jesus did it for you. He's a savior. But also make him your Lord. That's something that doesn't just change this season of your life. It changes your life. In fact, it changes your eternity. He purchased by his death your eternity in heaven forever and ever. Maybe that's the step you need to take today. But, Christian, Christ follower, maybe you're here and you're saying, My life is tangled, but I want to find rest. Can you find rest in the good news of what Jesus did for you and that because of Jesus, God says, I'm for you? Not because of your life, because of what Jesus did. For you, Now you know that I am, I am for you and I'm going to make all things work together. You can rest that I have your tangles, place them in my hands. Let me untangle them for you and walk forward that maybe not in your timing, maybe not the way you think it should go, but what I am working for you is that all these things are going to work together. This will have a happy ending. You can rest in that every part of your life is safely in your Lord's hands. Can you rest in that today and find great joy? You know, I have something else in this bag that I I wanted to to show you. Um, My my sister and brother-in-law and her kids and my wife and I and our kids, we already got together and exchanged Christmas presents because we're not gonna see each other on Christmas tomorrow. So we've already exchanged presents. And my sister this year gave me for Christmas as a gift, she gave me slippers. Now I know what you're thinking, okay? That's not the manliest gift a guy could receive, okay? But you only think that because you haven't seen these slippers, okay? Let me show these babies to you, all right? Check out these slippers, okay? I thought more people were gonna be clapping when I pulled these out, but that's okay. (laughs) Okay, I mean, look at them. I mean, I feel like a lumberjack when I put these slippers on, okay? And so I've never really, I've never been like a slipper person, but when I put my feet in these slippers, I became a believer in the power of the slipper, okay? (laughs) Now there's a thing about, about slippers, there is no other article of clothing that more communicates like relaxation more than slippers, right? I mean, no one goes into the office and says, it's time to get to work, everyone put your slippers on. No one says that, okay? Slippers are like the equivalent of, in the wardrobe world, the equivalent of relaxation. But you know, even if you have a great pair of slippers like I now do, you know that when you put these on, that's going to add to maybe your comfort and relaxation, but it's not going to untangle any of the stressors in your life. Like, it doesn't actually change your circumstances. It doesn't doesn't change things. It just adds to your already, your existing relaxation. And I want you to think about that just for a second. Slippers are a good addition, but it doesn't really change much. But sometimes people treat Jesus like that. The spiritual side of their life is just kind of like, adding, it's like, we'll slip those on my feet and maybe it will just help me in my current life just a little bit. That's not what this is about. If he's a savior, he's the savior, the Messiah savior, he's a savior and he's the Lord, the king, then that changes everything. And if you're facing the decision of making Jesus your Savior and your Lord, that's not just something you add into your life. That's something that changes your life. It changes your eternity. I just want to close. I just want you to hear, with, hear this quote that, that Jesus said. These are his words. He said this, and I want to extend this to you today. He said this. He said, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Are you weary? Do you feel like you're in a season Christmas? You say, if I'm honest, Christmas is finding me this year and I'm, I'm heavy laden. I've got weights around my shoulders. I've got parts of my life that they're just not right. Right? And some of you say, look, I've tried so hard for God to be pleased with me. I've tried so hard to, to make God like me. Or maybe you say, look, I, I, I tried at one point, but now I'm a million miles away from God. I'm so far away. You know what you need is to realize you have a Savior. He accomplished all of it for you. He saved, saved you and reconciled you with your Creator. What you need today is a Savior, and you can have that today. But He's more than a Savior. He's your Lord. You place your hands, your, your life in His hands and say, here, take all my tangles, take all sectors of my life and I'm going to place it in you. You tell me what to do. You, you walk me through this and I know there will be a happy ending that all of this will work together for good. Is that you today? You need to take that step then I just want to lead you today. You can begin that journey. You can make Jesus your Savior and Lord today. This can be a Christmas that alters the course of your life. Your eternity can be sealed with the promise, the guarantee of heaven because of what Jesus did for you. So today, in this moment, would you consider making Jesus your Savior and your Lord? You You can do that with a simple prayer of surrender And I can lead you in that prayer right now. Can we just take a quiet moment? Can everyone just bow their heads and close their eyes for just a second in an intimate moment between us and God? Is that you today? You want to take that step? You say, look, I'm ready. It's time. I need to. I need to take that step today. In a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to do something so that you never forget this moment. Your life was forever changed. And in just a, a moment before we pray, I'm going to ask that you do something. I'm going to ask in just a few moments that if you want to pray that prayer with me, that you just slip your hand up in the air with no one looking and put it back down, saying, I want to take, I want to take that step and pray that prayer. In fact, you you might be even watching online right now. There's a box you can click and say, that's me. I want to take that step and make Jesus my Savior and Lord. So is that you today? Do you want to take that step? If that's you with no one looking around, just slip your hand up in the air and put it back down. Say, I want to pray that prayer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Anybody else, you want to just say, look, I, I want to never forget this moment. I want to make Jesus my Savior and my Lord. Just slip your hand in the air and put it back down. For those of you who want to just pray this simple prayer of surrender to Jesus, just make these words, your words to God, just silently right there where you're at. Just simply pray, Jesus, thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven. Thank you for being my Lord. I surrender to you today. Thank you for giving me an eternity in heaven one day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening.